Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group. Just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service, so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep, and she don't know where to find them. Yo! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the FilmReview.com podcast. I am your host, FilmReview.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. This might be the best opening we've had for like a month. Like, uh, you know, we this show started and for two weeks we didn't know, or right, the right. show starts and things are breaking. I mean, just like that was... That was pretty professional. We didn't start talking in the middle right, we weren't of doing the anything. Right. music yeah. because we couldn't hear that yeah. it was on. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, so this week, um, as we've said in previous weeks, uh, just we've got in it to catch up with right. all the movies right. uh, so that we many. need to. Last week was the Golden Globes. Tonight is the Critics' Choice Awards. Right. Uh, right. Be sure to tune into that, everybody. It's on A&E. But then it's also on uh, other things. Yeah, they're mirroring <laughs> it's, it. It's on, on yeah, it's on whatever things like Lifetime yeah. or uh, and some other A and E something. I don't know. See, that's how into it I am. Uh, I just <laughs> you just know the one. I just figure A and E. Right. You need. So it's not like uh, some else. people have that channel but don't have another. Yeah, yeah maybe it is. Right. I, I don't know. know. I don't know how that all works. Maybe maybe some people only have Lifetime. And then there you go. You can I feel watch badly. it there. I feel badly for those people. Uh, anyway, so the Critics' Choice are tonight. Uh, the Oscar nominations came out, and it, it, this was actually a very weird year for me for just the nominations to come out because right. there was nothing interesting about them. <laughs> they, they were just the exact right. same as same thing. everybody else. Um, yeah. The Golden Globes and the Critics' Choice uh, at least had a little bit of uh, I don't know, a little bit of play. They mm-hmm. had a little bit of weird stuff. And I guess if you compare the Golden Globes to the Academy Awards, there's a little bit of the same things like, um, you know, uh, Alicia Vikander getting nominated for Ex Machina instead right. of, you, you know, whatever. There's things like that. Yeah. There are a few yeah. little like things there, but uh, more, or le- more or less, the Oscar noms are just, you know, everything that you expected to get nominated. Right. Right. And this is not really a big year for a lot of people talking about all sorts of snubs. Um, yeah, not like last year. Right. Last year was actually that was the big story, which is what didn't get was set like you know, several snubs. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, by the way, uh, I should mention again, as everyone needs to tune in to the Critics' Choice Awards tonight. Uh, in case you have missed the news, the Critics' Choice has combined their shows, and so tonight is movies and television, just right. like the Golden right. Globes. It's right. it's uh, it's the whole we'll see how that shebang. Goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, spectacular, pretty, spectacular. <laughs> and that's pretty advantageous to just you know. I think the thing that's interesting about that is uh, apparently it was uh, kind of A and E's suggestion, right, to just go for that, right. Yeah and make it a, a big giant thing like the Golden Globes. Yeah. And 
and who's going to say no, I guess. Um, right. Yeah, right. The, the interesting thing is uh, it's, it would be hard to go back from that. Yeah, I would think so. It, it would, hard to, it would, it would be hard to, to ever switch back in the future to, nah, we liked it better when right. it was two Let's different things. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would think no matter what happens, that's what it's going to be now. And, uh, I, you know, who knows? That's the, the strange thing about the world of doing these shows is that uh, not everyone in the universe is really bidden <laughs> hard right. to have this show when the conjugate, I mean, we've only been with A&E since last year. Right. And like before that it was H one and, you know, right. whatever. I mean, right. it's been, anyway, so <laughs> it's going to be just total to, rambling yeah. about our words. Just fun to see how but, it goes. But um, the Oscar nominations were not really surprising. There's there's basically the same six or seven movies yeah. that are nominated for everything. Um, and I feel like we could have nom- we could have picked. I think we probably could have picked them all if sure. we had, had to have picked them, you yeah. know, blind. But then I think we could have gotten six out of seven. Right. You know, maybe they'd have been one surprise. But and. Uh, the other the other thing is, as I said, the Golden Globes already happened. Everybody already knows about that. But we're going to go through uh, some of what won, mm-hmm. um, because I got to tell you, this is, I think, the biggest year for the Golden Globes for me that I can remember uh, that I agree with absolutely none of their choices, except for <laughs> I don't know if that surprises except me. for a couple of things like, uh, y- you know, animated film score, yeah. uh, some something, right. something ones but right. still some, prominent some things yeah. like that are okay but this was just the year and uh i will uh, again go on record i can't stand the golden globes uh, yeah, i is- have to encourage everyone every time i talk about the golden globes <laughs> and you're listening uh oh, so man. there you are i get to tell you i have to encourage i'm not gonna say anything bad about these people right but I have to encourage everyone to go find out what the Golden Globes are because you don't know. And yeah. you may think you know, but you don't know. Right. It's the Hollywood Foreign Press. Go to their website and go find out who they are, who the right. people are who are members of the Hollywood Foreign Press who actually do the voting on the Golden Globes. Because you might think you have some idea. I'd be surprised if you even think you have some idea, other than to say Hollywood Foreign Press. You know who the Hollywood Foreign Press is. But uh, you don't know, and you think you do. They are people who write about the movie industry outside of America and live in L.A. And really, that's it. And they are not necessarily movie critics. There are way, be, right? there are way, way fewer of them than you think there are. <laughs> it's a room of 13, right? I mean, yeah, it's like a way. jury panel. It's, I, I, you know, the last time I looked was a couple years ago and I think there were 34. Yeah. There's not 30, there's, 34 people. Right, and so few. there are uh, uh, a fair number of them are photographers. They take pictures now, of look, red carpets and stuff. Right. Nothing wrong with photographers. I was going to say, I'm going to stand up and defend my my. Nothing elk. wrong with photographers, but right. just because you go, right. you know, shoot a NASCAR race and take some pictures of that, that does not mean that all of a sudden you know everything there is to know about NASCAR. I think it does. <laughs> but I've, co- I've covered all the angles. But you're wrong. But yeah. anyway. See, that was it, a joke. It's, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, but anyway, yeah, no, you're right. And, and not only that, but I forget uh, you say this every year, and now I'm remembering you do every year. You bring out the Golden Globes whipping stick because it drives me nuts. Yeah, so, and several <laughs> several of them are people who basically work at you know like the Inquirer of Spain. 
that's right? a good one. Yeah, and, that's basically it. And they write stuff about you know the lot, the lot. George Clooney's dating somebody else. You thought George Clooney was with this, right. you know, whatever, whatever. And like, on and on. Right. Anyway, so that's that's my that's my story, and I'm to it. Right. The uh, critics' choice are at least critics. Right. Okay. And maybe they're not the best critics in the universe, but they're at least critics. Right. And, you know, the Academy is at least the people in the game. Right. Who, who, who give the votes, make the nominations and all that stuff, yeah. who are in the industry and stuff like that. And it's, it's just one of those like quirks of fate. And I think it's, I think it's funny in a way that yeah. it's just, it, it's just a thing because it's been a thing so long. Right. right. And, and establishment rules, there is that kind of thing. And one of the greatest things for me about it is that uh, the Golden Globes themselves do everything they can to make sure that nobody ever mentions what the Hollywood Foreign Press right, actually right, is right. or who it is or anything like that. Anyway, well, you see you see someone who wins stands up and they they thank the Hollywood Foreign Press. Right. And it sounds like a clandestine organization. And that's it. It sounds and they like don't, Spectre. The, you know? They don't. It is. And it's <laughs> just like it's like 10, 15 it's, people. You right. Know? I mean, I know it's more than that, but you know, you get the idea that it's really it, not the vast number. It is. It, and it you is, can see so. if you watch the shows too, you can see every once in a while, you know, somebody kind of rolls their eyes a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you can catch them. They try to keep them off. They camera, would, but they you, would you like to, uh, yeah, they would like to thank the cabal. Right. For, right. <laughs> for influencing their career in this way. Anyway. Um, but you know, what's, what's really funny about the Golden Globes this year is that, uh, no one would talk about anything but Leonardo DiCaprio mm -hmm. and, uh, Lady Gaga. Right. And I don't right. know, usually there's at least five or six things that are like the thing. Yeah. Or somebody would be, uh, saying either really good things or really bad things about the host. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and nobody said like, Oh, he was the greatest host. He should never do it again. Right. This part, this thing was funny. Like no one was talking about anything, no, but Leo was just Leo. And I thought that was weird too, because as I told you when I walked in, I mean, it it's funny. Right. So what's wrong with laughing? Right. Like, right. You know, it's really, it, it was amusing because I didn't understand at first, like my first moment of seeing her brush by him and him react, I thought that has nothing to do with her. I, right. I'm not, and I'm not trying to sound magnanimous or anything, just... I realized he he was just draped over and he realized, oh, I'm in the way. Right. And then he looked up and he was like, oh, I really was in the way. She's going up, you know. Right. And then I stopped. It was like a nanosecond later. And I went, nope, that's a meme. Like, I right. get it now. And But like when he first started laughing, it's yeah. like he didn't know he it was didn't have her. Any clue it was her. He thought it could have been anybody. Right. You know, he's like, oops. I'm what? not sure you that know. he ever knew it was her until, until someone, someone told said, him yeah. who that was right. or what was yeah. going on. Like he... What what also is cool is just that he's paying absolutely no attention to what's going All on. All the funny jokes, you know, the Tina Fey kind of stuff where everyone's ripping on him for never being interested in any woman who's under 20, uh, over 25, you know, those were hilarious. Like, of course right. he didn't see her. She's not a minor. You know, right, that kind right. of thing. I, you know, that was, I laughed. Right. Those are great. Um, but, you know, also the the winners for me, like I said, I I thought all of the winners were bizarre. And yeah. uh, anyway, in, in their own separate ways. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, we might as well just go through it real quick since we're here. I was going to go back and really? then come back to this uh, later. But uh, so yeah. the Revenant now we actually uh, already got a couple of emails because we just covered the Revenant last week and did not love it. I, I wait, And a couple of people said, aha. Right. You're wrong. <laughs> so, well, and I heard, you know, we actually ended real quick with it. We didn't spend much time on it, but we did say what we did we, say. We didn't we didn't know. spend a ton of time on it. And uh 
even though I rated it even lower than you, I yeah. think. Yeah. And, you know, there is a lot in this movie that I appreciate the hell out of. Mm-hmm. But overall, the we weren't movie, that far apart. I didn't think I was came, came together six and a half on it. Yeah. And in the best motion picture drama, also obviously, here uh, everybody gives the Golden Globes some measure of uh, crap about the musical comedy drama. Yeah, and it deserves it. And, I because don't care. it's completely it's ridiculous, ridiculous. You know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, The Revenant gets uh, Best Picture Drama, but uh, up against Mad Max, Room, Spotlight, and Carol, all of which are better movies than The Revenant. <laughs> it, yeah. In in my opinion, all of those. And I and I genuinely thought if if something were going to win, it would be Carol just ahead of Spotlight. I wanted Henry Road to win, but I right. thought, I thought Carol, even though I haven't even seen it yet, I'm gonna get to my, even though I am. Even having seen it, I, I know what people are saying, and I don't listen. I haven't read the reviews, but I understand the buzz is the right buzz. Right. You know, it's not like, oh, this is great. She's so beautiful. The sets are pure. No. Right. What, what you keep hearing from people who know is this is actually powerful, effective. It's working. Right. It's on all cylinders. I, I, can't, firing, I so. actually can't wait. So uh, I should mention, since you just said that you haven't seen Carol, we're going yeah. to uh, switch our movies that we cover eventually yeah. if we ever get to them. To uh, Joy and probably The Big Short. Yeah. Uh, because those we've... We've definitely all seen. We've got... A, truth if we want to and, you know. Right. And, you know, actually uh, in this category, not that I thought Room was going to win, but I, I would have thought if something would surprise me and win, it would, would be, be that instead of The yeah. Revenant. I yeah. just, you know, I don't know. Other people love it. And then, so, uh, Best Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy, The Martian. Yeah. Uh, you know, hooray for comedy. Right. <laughs> it's... Uh, you know, it's just it's their crazy thing, and and I don't get it at all. It's but it makes for this nomination little run of the world of nominations, right? Yeah. Is The Martian versus Joy versus Spy versus The Big Short versus Trainwreck? Right. So only two of them are comedies, and only one of them is funny. <laughs> and that's right, that's right. your nomination only, for musical or comedy. Only in hell could you consider the big short a comedy or a musical. Right. Like, I mean there's a lot of music in it. Right. And there are some funny moments in it. I guess it's kinda on par with the Martian. Like And Joy? Joy is not funny. I mean there's there isn't even really I, I mean, mean there there's a couple of things that you are could like, argue right. I mean but it's still. sort of like Silver Linings playbook. Like right. there are a couple of things that, that are, are humor that are funny. And and I think that's like spy. <laughs> but it's like, you know, there's a couple of things in that film that were funny. Yeah, whatever. But, anyway, um I, anyway. I I don't see the Martian here anyway. I still would give right. if I have to see this is it's hard to say what's supposed to win because if I have to pick the best movie out of here, I would say the big short and right. like Probably, maybe The Martian and Joy. I like The Martian better than I like Joy uh, a bit. Ooh, I that's think. a spoiler. I guess that is a little bit of a spoiler. Yeah. Um, but still, The Big Short. But then, yeah. what if it's what if it's legitimately what's the best comedy? Right. <laughs> then, right. then I guess it's Trainwreck has to win this. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's it's very weird. It is weird. Uh, anyway, then uh, Best Actress in a Drama, Brie Larson for Room. That was kind of one that I'll give them <laughs> i mean because she was good yeah in that she really was i still feel like either uh saoirse ronan because because now the big thing all i've heard for the last three days is people pronouncing her name 
Oh yeah, this is the it's, big funny it's, thing. It's been like it was on even funny before Colbert did it. it. It's been on like several late right. night shows now, and uh, there's like a montage yeah. going around uh, that has been put together on YouTube. I thought the coolest thing was that she herself said it's pronounced just like inertia, right? And it took me a second because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "No, it isn't." Yeah, I was it like, is. wait, what? Right. <laughs> right. But uh, anyway, Kate Blanchett also nominated for Carol. I. Uh, given her that and then here's the weirdness of the golden globes that Kate blanchett and rooney mara are both nominated for best actress in, in the same in, movie. in the same movie yeah. in the you know whatever right. anyway and um uh but that one i will kind of give them then yeah. uh best actor is that one's not so egregious you know no. i feel like if anybody uh, i don't know uh alicia vikander i don't i haven't seen that i don't know how good yeah. she was in that but if anyone had she, gotten that one, I would was, have been like, probably, oh, that's okay. She was really good. Was she? Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. It, like for our awards, she's best supporting actress right, for the same right, role. Right. And, you know, whatever. So. Uh, anyway, um, best actor is Leo, which um, I kind of think is it, a little ridiculous. It, yeah. That, for me, I mean. Not, Man, you hate the Capri. I, I don't love him. Yeah. So I have to, you know, so, throw that out, right? Yeah, but I think really that's another one, and this is really commonplace in the Oscars anyway. But I I really feel like that role got nominated, right? Not his performance in it. He was good. I have he to give is, him that. He is good in it. I have to give him that he was good. Okay. But I did not watch that, and at the end, go wow. wow. Okay. Right. He's got he, that. He's best actor, and some of these other ones I did. Right. Um, now Will Smith is just like a joke nomination. Well, I was just going to say, I wonder if it came down to Leo or Will, <laughs> and you had to award one. Who would have done? Who who gave the better then, performance? Then I would give it to Leo. Right. If if Will Man, Smith if, was the only if other anyone nominee, that you hate more than Leo. It's right. Will. Uh, I only hate Will Smith when he's trying to be serious. Right. I just so think just the last thirty think, years of his life. Right. Just think he's really bad at yeah. it. Okay. When he's when he's doing comedy <laughs> stuff, or even just it's lighter and it's not necessarily so comedy. You like Men in Black, not Concussion. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, anyway, but as far as the other nominees here, uh, Michael Fassbender and Steve Jobs clearly should have won over Leo. Eddie Redmayne and the Danish Girl clearly should have won over Leo. And Brian Cranston and Trumbo, he was really good. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I don't know who I would necessarily pick out of just those three, but I would pick any of those three over Leo. So, <laughs> right. So there, there you, you go. go. Uh, best performance by an actress, musical or comedy. And then here we get the same thing, right? It's the same comedy thing because you've got in the same nomination, Amy Schumer for Trainwreck right. because it, actress in a comedy. Right. That's the only one really that isn't I mean, Grandma isn't Melissa McCarthy and Spy. Those well, two, okay. they make sense. Right. Lily Tomlin and Grandma is funny moments, but it's not straight up comedy. Right. And either is the lady in the band. Now, the lady in the band has some funny stuff. Mm -hmm. The lady in the band is kind of comedic, um, but it's also not yeah. in certain ways. Right. I mean, it's like it's an old homeless woman who lives in a van in a guy's driveway. Like she just pulls into his driveway and goes, I live here now. Right. And it's you know, it's got some funny stuff. But anyway, what wins is Jennifer Lawrence and Joy. Right. Which, again, not a comedy, but I will give you, a, I thought she was really good in it. Yeah. Uh, I thought she was really great in that movie and maybe deserves some award. 
but not yeah. best cinematography. Right, right. <laughs> it's just, sure. it's not a comedy, yeah. right? Anyway, right. Um, but I don't mind her winning. And then uh, best actor, obviously Matt Damon is going to get it for The Martian because The Martian won. So that's how right. we vote. That's how we get it. Right. <laughs> that's how things happen. Um, how could The Martian be the best movie? Right. If the actor in it is not the best actor. Right. <laughs> that's what Are voting Are any means. of those a musical or no. a comedy? No. Uh, and then well, it's funny, too, because uh, Mark Ruffalo gets it for Infinitely Polar Bear, a movie that no one saw. <laughs> Poor Mark Ruffalo. I mean, no one know, saw. And he's in other movies, <laughs> even this year, right. if they just you have, have to nominate right. him. Right. Uh, Christian Bale and Steve Carell, both uh, in the big short, and uh, Al Pacino and Danny Collins, which, you know, I feel like is just Al Right, Al Pacino's in this something, so we gotta throw him something. And uh, the weird thing about this particular category is that you know none of them are the best act, (laughs) the best roles, or the best acting performances uh, a year. I mean, it's a this one is weird. It's like they have the two categories, so they go. "Uh, We have to put put some guys in there because we got a bunch of girls in there. We have to put somebody for something. All right. Uh, Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in any motion picture. They've at least stop with the genres. Right. Let's just they've they've at least made this all one thing. Right. And uh, then you get Kate Winslet wins for Steve Jobs, which she's not bad in it. Um, she's she's pretty good but i still like and uh jane fonda doesn't count in youth either i loved youth uh i thought that was a really good movie um and you know jane fonda's in it for like three minutes yeah and maybe maybe not even that long i mean i didn't time it or anything but but uh she's in one conversation and that's it and she's just you know jane fonda made a movie i guess but the weird thing there is that she's not even very good right? in those three minutes and everybody else around her is awesome. And it's such a good movie. But anyway, so the other ones are uh, Jennifer Jason Lee in the hateful eight, Helen Mirren in Trumbo and Alicia Vikander in ex machina, which, you know, she did not get nominated there for supporting because her role in Danish girl, right. Got her actress instead of supporting actress. Yeah. And, you know, I really would give this to uh, Jennifer Jason Lee or Helen Mirren. Uh, I'm not sure about Alicia Vikander. I don't know that she was that awesome in that movie. I feel like that's also kind of like a role thing. It's weird that yeah. you're playing uh, AI. So that's weird enough that right. you get noticed and dominated or something. Uh, best performance by an actor in a supporting role, Sylvester Stallone wins for Creed, which I just think is insane. Uh, I, I don't care. I don't care who wants to make their their story, their side of, uh, you know, backing up Sylvester Stallone on this one. It's insane. It, it's completely insane. And I don't know what happened. And he actually got nominated for the Critics' Choice Awards, too. Right. So I'm not super happy that people, people are liking even that, that happened well, people are it like it could that happen that he wins the critics choice and then i don't know and you're resigning do. right you're getting, out of the, you're getting out of the business no but he's, he's actually getting a fair amount of goodwill and people almost universally are liking that film better than you better than you or i liked it i understand how good of 
a performance he gave, but and just in light of other people's, I don't know that it trumps them. I don't. And on, it, I don't. I don't even think he gives a good performance in like an objective good performance I, sense. I thought he was good. I think he gives a good performance in the sense of Sylvester Stallone being in a movie, and I can kind of take him seriously. Right. And well, therefore, it's a good performance. In this one, it's hard. This one is is mostly like a version of the uh, Al Pacino thing, where Pacino makes a film this year. Well, he made, a, he made a movie this year. Right. This time, it's so much nostalgia for a character that everyone loves that isn't basically a cartoon in right, a, right, rat, right. version. Like, this is a serious moment. Play it serious. It's he's not, it's not the Expendables. It. Right. It, and, it, and he's actually playing it earnestly, and he's playing it subtly, and he's being it strong, but there's a there's a real nostalgic heartstring that's going on there, and he's he's getting it right. That's where it's coming. And uh, right, but he's and also I, he's I actually don't... not bad in it too. But it's not he's, no, he's, what you're saying. he's, he's not definitely not bad. Like I, I think out of this list, Paul Dano blew me away in Love and Money. Right, like, that was an incredibly I, nuanced. I performance. thought uh, I thought that was we could even do Love and Money uh, too. But I, I thought that was what I would vote for. Right? Me too. Uh, I would yeah. I would vote for him in that he was awesome. And then he's also in Youth. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's not in that a lot enough that I would say uh, you could never nominate him for that instead of this. Right. Um, but he's really good in that, too. But he was awesome. And not only that, Michael Shannon in 99 Homes, uh, Idris Elba in Beasts of No Nation, and even Mark Rylance in Bridge of Spies, which really I, I don't think that's a role that's seriously up for being best, uh, seriously up for winning. But I thought it was uh, good enough to nominate. It was, was, so it, it was, was a cool role. Yeah, and I walked around like the first four days after having seen Bridge of Spies. And his, his big line in there is, would it help? Right. You know, would it matter? Would it help? These kind of things. I just said it to everybody. They were so sick of me. Right. You know, do you think, he, would, it, would it help? Right. You know, and all, I mean, just, he's great in it. And he's very subtle in that as well. But Right. But anyway, any of those guys, uh, I, I, feel, I feel like it's insulting to the seriousness of doing this at all that Wait, any the, that the any of those four of the, guys the seriousness of 33 guys in a room basically drawing straws and like, exactly like, it, it invalidates the seriousness of that yes kind of uh and then uh best director uh i'll i will give that to the revenant uh alejandro and ritu sure i'm okay with that because the direction is actually really cool yeah. Uh, I feel like that movie is really, really strong. I still, uh, you know, I don't know. I like almost all of the other nominees, except uh, not so sure about Ridley Scott yeah. and The Martian. Um, not that that's not a good movie. I don't know that the direction itself, like taken out of everything else, was massively impressive yeah. or anything. Right. Um, still, this is uh, uh, a good group. Uh, Tom McCarthy in Spotlight, George Miller for Mad Max. Right. At least he got nominated. Yeah, um, right. So that was good. And Todd Haynes and Carol, I, w- I would probably give this to Todd Haynes really? uh, out of out of these choices. But I have no real problem with giving it to The Revenant on George Miller wins this hands down direction. <laughs> George Miller wins this hands down to take to take a film franchise that has been untouched for decades to come back with it in what it looks like is another installment of Fast and the Furious at best. Right. And to make a film that is working on all kinds of levels to make it as exciting and invigorating. I mean, he, he did the best job. He absolutely directed. Maybe, uh, maybe not the best film, but there fine. you go. Um, That's it. 
Yeah, as I said before, okay, uh, we got some emails too about the fact, list hint. the fact that I said I was trying really hard, trying really hard. to keep that yeah. from being number one. Yeah. We got some emails on I'm that, sure, so thanks sure for your you email. I'm sure you won't disappoint. I'm sure you'll <clears> get <throat> in it two or three. Uh, okay, best screenplay, uh, motion picture, which this is uh, where there are a lot of places where the the I'm going to call them the big three, right? The right. Golden Globes, the Critics' Choice, and the Oscars, yeah. where they move around and have their own thing for a lot of categories. And yeah. uh, the Golden Globes is the only one that just has screenplay in general. Right. Not adapted, they not will, original. They will break just... up the movies right. into categories Weird that make categories, no sense. Right. But screenplays are all the same. So Aaron Sorkin wins for Steve Jobs, and uh, their other nominees are uh, Room, Spotlight, The Big Short, and The Hateful Eight. Yeah. And, you know, I just cannot see this getting screenplay either. The only thing, this is like boy winning, right? Where it's, it's like, it's your gimmick that wins you something. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's, it's really just the gimmick of it's behind the scenes of these three things. And that's a, that's a unique and new thing. Whether or not it works doesn't matter as far as how we're going to vote. I feel like, uh, I think probably all of these. I would, I would really, I would pick all of these over Steve Jobs. I think Room yeah. was awesome right. for us as a screenplay, um, yeah. and it's a really, really good movie anyway. Spotlight I thought was really good too because you have to take some crazy stuff, yeah, and a whole lot of it and a whole lot of people and make it into something that works as a screenplay. Right. Same with The Big Short, and even though you know I ended up not loving The Hateful Eight. I still kind of got to. I, I still got to give it to the screenplay because right. the screenplay is pretty cool, right. and it may not come together perfectly for me. But anyway, right. and not that Steve Jobs was terrible, but I, you know, I just don't see it. Best right. animated picture, Inside Out. That's just pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, foreign language, Son of Saul, which is probably going to win everything. I think it's it's the one that really everyone is talking about. Yeah. Um, the, it, and if you have any interest, though, in foreign films, all of these are good. If you go look at right. the, the nominations and pick some movies, these are all really good movies. Uh, my favorite, I kind of, in a way, have to give it to Son of Saul, too, because I really thought that was cool. But my favorite is uh, Fencer, yeah. which is a movie from Germany, although in here it lists it as Finland, Germany, and Estonia, which I not really seen before so i don't know what that's yeah. about but anyway best original score is the hateful eight and uh ennio morricone right and you know i can't really argue with that i mean yeah he, he's got more awards than anyone will ever be able to sing in their life right <laughs> yeah uh best original song this one is awesome because the worst song i heard this year this makes me sick in a movie yeah. one best original song right. writings on the wall for specter which is just awful Uh, i hated that song and not only that even if i kind of could stand it just as a song that i hear on the radio it was just so out of place in the movie it was goofy and it it didn't even didn't even kind of make sense with anything you know i don't know it's just it's so non-bond it it doesn't fit the mold of all the other bond songs and all the other bond movies Mm -hmm. And it's just weird. I, I like to think of writings on the wall, also known as nails on a chalkboard. You know, it, I would rather listen to 
death than than that ever again. That was absolutely horrible. It, and, and it was so weird it was, to, to and be it, in the middle movie it and took like, you like in, right out of the whole thing. Yep, absolutely where, brought me right out of the whole experience. And you're just, all of a sudden, you're just like looking around. I, I almost grabbed you and was like, you need popcorn or something? I'll go get I'll go get whatever you need at the stand. Like it was get me out of the theater. It was weird. And was uh, not only it, these are not universally a great group of songs. Um I'm not in love with the 50 Shades Grade song or the Furious 7 song. Right. So, you know, those are not If 50 Shades beats Fury Road on your list, we may not be friends anymore. Like you're talking about how you're trying real hard to keep Fury Road from being number oh, yeah, one. Right. Fifty Shades is it. Yeah, I, it. I loved Fifty Shades. That's it. No, but the uh, the yeah, one, one kind mean, of love song is good, and the yeah. simple song number three from Youth is awesome. I thought genuinely the seat. I thought the the uh, Paul Walker tribute was going to get it just out of sentimentality. Right. I genuinely did, not because of it's a great song, not because it's a bad song. It's just I thought sentimentally it was going to take it. So. Right. And uh, okay, so that's it for the Golden Globes, though. Yeah, for the uh, for the major stuff for, for the for the movie awards. Anyway, um, and now I've messed with something. Uh, oh, look, our chat room broke. Anyway, um, sorry guys. So the other before we start we'll jumping going. into movies, which uh, is horrible because we've been on forever already and not uh, done any movies, but we do have to say, or I have to say anyway. Uh, something about Alan Rickman. Right, because that's the big news. I mean, the huge news in the last two weeks has been David Bowie first and then Alan Rickman second. And I don't know, you know, if you were on social media. And now, you saw and now the, the guy other. from Grizzly Adams. Right, Dan Haggerty. As, as though we didn't have enough problems. Right. Uh, the guy from well, Grizzly Adams. Well, for a minute, for a minute, it was looking like, you know, I was telling everyone who was showing some sort of remorse or, you know, upsetfulness that if if you like a British performer who's aged 69, you better hug them quick because right. they're dropping like flies. Right. And that sucks. Uh, I don't know about you, not that it matters, not that it's a competition. Alan Rickman's passing affected me much more than David Bowie's. Oh, God, I actually, yeah. I actually felt genuine like shock and sadness when Alan you know, Rickman passed I, I, away. I have to tell you, actually, um, no offense to the I, David Bowie I, people. I have but, no real connection to David Bowie. Anyway, uh, I was never a fan of David Bowie. Uh, I never really liked his music. I, I was not big into David Bowie at any point ever. There's still time for you. Uh, um, I, you know, I like some of the stuff he did. You know, I, for me, he's like the guy in Labyrinth. Uh, he's yeah, that guy. He, he's yeah. not like I don't really listen to David Bowie music. Right. Um, I like his music best in the sense that whenever he is on something with someone else, I liked that. Sure. You know, yeah, but right. I was, I was never like a huge David Bowie fan, but Alan Rickman was uh, pretty close to when Robin Williams died for me. Now, yeah. Al Alan Rickman was actually a strangely uh, interesting actor to me. And I think that one of the main reasons is uh, he was one of the first actors, if not maybe the first actor that I really liked because I liked him, yeah. the actual person. Right. Because uh, when I, I mean, he didn't wasn't in anything till Die Hard. Right. He's actually just he's such a a weird actor too in the in kind of just the overall course of his career. His career yeah. Because um, it, it's very weird that really you didn't no one knew him until Die Hard. Right. Um. I mean, he was on Broadway and and did stuff before that, but he was not in a big movie. He was theatrically known, and yeah. that's and that's 1988, right? 
And in 2001, he's in Harry Potter. Right. Harry Potter came out in 2001. It wasn't a movie that was filmed in like a month and a half. So really, it's like 2000 that he's got the role and he's doing it. Right. And if you think it's like 12 years. Yeah. From he was never in anything to no one would have ever believed that you would pick anyone else but him to be Severus Snape. Right. That is an amazing career shot. Yeah. It, it, to, it, to have 12 years of being in stuff and be that like universally known and y- y- you're, you're just such an obvious voice for something yeah. that it, it, no one even, you know, when people were talking about who's going to play who in Harry Potter, and I remember that happening, I right? Too. I mean, yeah. It was like, who's going to be this person? Who's going to be that person? And it was like, nobody ever said, who's going to be Snape? They just knew. Because everyone was already done. Well, I mean, who else, right? Right. But anyway, he was one of the first people that I would see a lot in interviews and just like love everything Mm -hmm. he said about everything. Right. And, And you'd hear all these, you know, stories about him being just a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, he just was like this bizarrely cool guy and i think it was it was such a weird thing that he really like started acting late yeah and uh i mean i think he's like 40 and die hard or something i mean uh, or close to it I, I mean he's he's old yeah. he, he he started acting apparently according to the story that everyone's telling uh, now right. and uh that he was about like 26 by the time yeah, he even he decided, decided that he wanted to start doing it. Yeah. And that's old. That is right. Old. And then, and then all of a sudden he's in Die Hard, and man, he just like rockets into stuff. And yeah. next thing you know, he's in like Quigley and he's the bad guy and everything. For everything. Like I mean, a when while. He was, when he was Robin, Robin Hood, Hood, he stole that movie. Right. right away. And Kevin Costner was at the height of his popularity. He just took that film from him. Right. Just and took it. And he was so awesome. And even to be in Die Hard and really, you know, to be like the first thing you're in and to be and to instantly be like a a movie icon. I mean, his his Hans Gruber is just a classic experience in movies. Yeah. And it's the first big thing he was ever in. I mean, it's the first feature film, whatever he acted. Right. Right. For a while. But still, he's like out of nowhere. And. Another thing that I really loved about him as an actor, and the more I got to know him, the more I liked him better and better, but when he would get bigger and bigger things, it did not affect what he did next like like at all. He would make like a pretty big movie and make a lot of money. And and, uh, I mean, I guess if you start with Die Hard, you, right. you're, you're you doing do whatever you need. You're yeah. doing pretty if well. You anyway, Hard, you right. With Harry Potter. Right. Those are some good bookends. But, but uh, then he makes, um, you know, like Quigley Down Under was not uh, a flop or anything. And then right. he's in Robin Hood, which was like a big to do. Right. I mean, it was like everywhere at the time and uh, it was a big, big number. But then he would just jump right into like smaller things. Anyway, he would make all these small films that yeah. you just liked and thought were good and thought he fit well in. And I have to just say, I encourage, I I have to encourage everyone listening to, you know, watch everything he was ever in because all of the little things that you don't know. Yeah. uh, If you go to like his IMDb page and look, they're all really good. Yeah. Everything I'm looking at is really good. 
And especially there's some like everybody knows truly madly deeply because that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's at least gotten uh, some pretty massive cult popularity right. over the years. And it's a really awesome movie anyway. And he's bizarrely fantastic in it. Um, but there's like closet land, close my eyes. Closet land is a really good movie. That's really hard to recommend to people yeah. because it, I'm not even going to go into, you know, hugely into every movie but it's about something very weird. Right. Close my eyes is exactly the same. It's about something very weird. So it's hard to recommend to people. You don't want to, you know, be like, like, Hey mom. Right. You check this out. (laughs) What the hell is watch? Close my eyes. But the one that the one that has always been my favorite Alan Rickman movie is uh, blow dry. Oh, I thought you were going to say galaxy quest. I was right there with you. No, uh, he is awesome in Galaxy Quest, He's but amazing. Galaxy Quest in general, uh, you know, I didn't love it. It was, yeah. it, it was okay, but it, it's a good, like, kind of funny, crazy it's movie, amazing. right? Um, he's really good in it, but no, Blow Dry is uh, this, like, that's t- the hair drying association. Tiny, and- tiny movie, but it's got, uh, it's actually got all people that you know. Yeah. It, it, it's got named people or whatever. But yeah, it's like this uh, hairstyling competition movie, right? Yeah. And and it's crazy and goofball, yeah. and uh, he's like this awesome hairdresser person, yeah. and that and and it takes place in like a really small town in you know I don't even know the UK somewhere. Somewhere. Um, I feel like it might even be Wales, but anyway, it's yeah. uh, it's just some really tiny town and it's so awesome and he is so incredible in it but anyway and no one's ever seen it and <laughs> right it's it, you know it was a it was a tiny thing at best and yeah. you know hopefully now people will check out other things that he's yeah. done but like everything that he was in was really good right. and right. and like i said i just i was always in love with him because he just was such a cool guy in reality yeah that he had no pretension he had no uh no and, know, and if you read if you read all the stuff like that daniel radcliffe has been putting out he put out a couple of different i don't know letters right about him right kind of over the last few days and basically said the same thing like he was uh he was the first person who didn't treat me like a kid yeah <laughs> what and yeah. and has you know done all this to help me and all this stuff and you know, he's gone to everything I ever did. Right. I like that's awesome. And, right. You know, he's a supportive. He didn't have to guy. do that. And, you know, no one would have ever thought the, the tiniest bit the worse of Alan Rickman if he didn't necessarily show yeah, up I can, for I'm everything gonna, I'm, I'm gonna that Daniel Radcliffe did. And I guess it wasn't just Daniel Radcliffe. I guess it right. was just about everybody, you know, and he just, he seems to have been genuine. I think and it, very talented. I think it's uh, really cool and uh, maybe just a part of the circumstance uh, adds into it that, you know, he had like a business and he was a person in the real world. Right. You know, for a while until he was 26. Yeah. And then he, you know, and then he didn't get really big for a long time. Right. So it's like a different thing than yeah. if you're 18 right. and all of a sudden you're the biggest thing right. and then you just keep being the biggest right. thing for your whole yeah. life. He started off grounded. Right. You know, so anyway, so uh, sad week. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, that, that was really a big deal for me. Just like I said, uh, when Robin Williams died, yeah. uh, you know, Robin Williams is like I've been watching him since Mork from Mork. So, yeah. 
and part of that also was in in a similar vein. I know we're going to move on from it, but it was just the shock of it. Yeah. You know, everybody that's been, you know, everyone that seems to have been sick and passed away kept it mostly secretive. Right. And I don't know how that would have changed anything if I had known, you know, if there were pictures of him going in and out of the Dana Farber, right, right, you know, right. whatever it does, it wouldn't have mattered uh, in that regard because you just, you never know. what. And, and you know, I'll tell you, it was but, a little surprising to me just because I didn't realize he was that old. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's one of these guys. I mean, I didn't pay attention I, I knew to his he age. I knew he wasn't 40 or 50, but I didn't think he was right. on the cusp of 70. That right, seems right. it's weird. 40 or 50 doesn't seem very old. 60 even doesn't seem old. But the moment you put a seven in front of something, you're like a Methuselah. Right. You know? You're pretty old. That's pretty much it. And but, then it's like, you know, uh, I genuinely when, thought when Ian McKellen dies, uh, somebody <laughs> said that, too. And I'm going to be like, that sucks. Uh, well, it he's does. Like, he's like 83. He's it, it does suck. You know? Right. But when he dies, I won't be right as I'm shocked, shocked that he d- right. died. He's not, not a young person. That right? was one but, of the things. As soon as I saw, you know, the news that Alan Rickman had passed away, I was like, all right. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy died in a snowboarding accident. Right. again. Like this is whose joke is this? You know, like, come on, Bowie just died. Show some respect. Quick Google search, quick BBC hit. And I'm right. like, oh, shit. Right. Oh, man. How did that happen? So anyway. Okay. Uh, we should actually get to some movies. So let's uh, let's start with Joy, and we'll see what happens. I think we'll probably do the big short because we got to get to stuff. Sure. And next week we'll actually go see a movie. I think, and we will also That's maybe really weird. maybe try and catch up on some other things. Yeah. And uh, we've got a, we've got to try to get through like everything so that we can actually do lists. Yeah. Right. right. I know. People it, want your list, and uh, and it. and I'll be gone uh, the beginning right, of February. So yeah. we'll have a small hiatus that we'll actually schedule this time instead it's, of just you it, know. It's all it's yeah. all crazy town, right. really. Um, okay, so Joy Jennifer Lawrence. So now you have to know. We don't even need to review it now because you know it's good because it won the Gold Globes and so did she. And, <laughs> right, as best musical. Or and uh, you can just wait for tonight and see if she wins the Critics' Choice. You think she's gonna win tonight? Then, no. Yeah. Don't, don't think about it much. Don't don't contemplate it or consider it. Nah, you know, that. the thing Hell is no. that uh, she actually could. That's a riot. She, she could, I suppose. Oh, it could happen. You never know how voting like this is going to go. We at least yeah. have like 300 critics instead of right. uh, 30 guys. So right. hopefully right. there's some you, sensible guys amongst You know, us. I don't know. But on the other hand, <laughs> she is actually good. Now, this is the trick. Now, she is good. Now, Joy's not going to win. That I'll tell you. That's not going to win Best Picture, yep. but uh, at least I hope. Um, right. and, and that actually is not doing that great with critics in general. So right. you know that's not going right. to win. Um, but could she potentially win? You never know. Um, we at least uh, did all our voting before, <laughs> right? Before uh, other things. Anyway, um, but I just I don't think that she will win. I think there are uh, other people that critics specifically are talking more about. Yeah. But, you know, that is, that is kind of the rub because if she did, I don't know that I'd have that much problem with it because she is really good in it. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be like if Sylvester Stallone won or Will Smith won or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Hate on Will. We got to rename the podcast. <laughs> Hate on Will. Hate on Will. Anyway, so now this one is uh, kind of a crazy movie, and it's the uh, yearly installment of the, you know, David O. Russell right. Film of the Year Club or right. whatever. 
every Christmas he has he to have a movie. Jennifer poster. Lawrence has to be in it. Jennifer Lawrence, I think, is under contract until she's like fifty. Right. To yeah. Make a movie with, with him David every Russell. year. Um, Robert De Niro's in it, and this is this is a lot more Silver Linings Playbook than mm-hmm. American Hustle. It's, right. Uh, it's like a slow ish anyway and it's just kind of you know silver linings playbook in a way is like a a very rambling story of whatever it is that happened to this person and uh and and jennifer lawrence is is kind of the you know side main person (laughs) in that in that movie and it's you know the it's it's kind of both of their stories and we pay a little more attention to one over the other at certain times, but it's really kind of just this rambling story of what happened to them. Yeah. Uh, the, here are these two people and here's what happens to them. And does everything really, you know, just going from point A to point B really get you to point C? Not really, except that's how life works. Right. So that's how the story will happen. Right. And this is kind of the same thing, except that it's just, Jennifer Lawrence. It's kind of based on a real person. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's the, like, uh, you're trying to make a new world job. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a story. It's like, she's got this very odd life and you know, Robert De Niro's, uh, her dad who owns the garage, her her sister wants to run the garage. She wants to run the garage. Yeah. No one wants to run the garage. <laughs> right. She's, uh, she's got her mom living in her house. Her parents are like, are separated. Dad comes back at the beginning of the movie where he's been gone for a while. Yeah. But mom lives in a room in a bed watching, uh, soap opera. A soap watching, opera. watching recorded right. soap operas. Yeah. Uh, forever and like never leaves the room. Uh, her mom has turned into a, a, like a complete shut-in that Jennifer Lawrence has to take care of. Yeah, she she got uh, as we start off the story right. She's got her husband, her ex-husband, living in the basement right. for, for whatever reason. Right, who's a odd singer. Yeah, and uh, then Robert De Niro shows up, and now Jennifer Lawrence has to fit him in somewhere. Right, and. You know, all of a sudden, she's kind of got to take care of everyone in her whole family, and she doesn't have anything very interesting uh, saying she take care of herself. Right. And so she's, you know, really struggling and doesn't know what to do with. And then, you know, hilarity ensues. Right. Put them on a room and then watch everything go. <laughs> right. right. And uh, and Robert De Niro, I thought, was, it, you know, it's very weird for me because Robert De Niro is getting to a point in his career where I don't know what to do with anything that he like <laughs> comes out with. Right? Yeah. It's like, on the one hand, I, you know, I don't, he's a contract to David too. him and Bradley Cooper. And, and uh, and so he had to be in this movie, but he was not only really good in the movie, I thought, but he was like weirdly fun. Like he kind of hasn't, it wasn't just like fun to watch him for a while. Yeah. And uh, he was in the intern and it was the same kind of thing. Like he just was really cool in that. But then the intern was pretty good. Yeah. Um, It wasn't great or anything, but it was pretty good. And I feel Robert De Niro has this like weird butt list that he's trying to go through. Yeah. Right. Like 
Well, he can't play mobsters and you know <clears throat> bad guys forever. He and right, but that, now now, he, now he's coming out with this uh, bad grandpa yeah movie or whatever, right. and the intern, and then there was something else. There was something, else there was something early last year or something where it was a just weird thing. Like he's just got this big list. Like he bet him right. that he couldn't be in all, one of all, all the movies these, in this yeah. list. He's, you have to be uh, the you know place. Right. old guy yeah. who tries to figure out you know life in right. in the 10s or whatever right <laughs> yeah and uh, so he goes is in the turn where you know he really get email and we have to right. have some jokes about whatever it is that he doesn't really do with this company stuff yeah. so he made the movie so he got to make it like a check on a right yeah right. i don't it's so weird and then you know now this whatever that is bad grandpa or yeah. whatever yeah i mean you know i want to make a movie where i have spring break i right. never got yeah. to be right. in a yeah. movie Let's where it was yeah. like what all right sure, and well. uh and then he's in this but this movie um you know there was there's something really cool about him again in this movie for me because he just is such a weird character that's what it is and he me. was so into it like yeah. he really was like whatever man i he could do it straight up just yeah like he, it was really him and he i don't see him rarely if at all playing this type of guy this guy no you know he, he does not, not the funny guy you don't see it. him though. you don't see him like being a weirdo though. right like being right. like a really odd weird guy like uh he, he's just gotten to a point where now he can be and it's kind of i guess the same as bad grandpa where He's finally gotten to a point where he can be in a role that people might think is right, you know, not flattering, right. or you know, he's he's weird, or he's a jerk, yeah. or he's he's just a a different kind of fun, you right. know, like right. like you're and really not, laughing at him, right, and not a pandering, not right. a, not a just not analyze this or the fuck is not that at all, way more subtle, way more wild. Uh, okay, so anyway, uh, you know, I give this a seven, huh. and uh, there are a lot of parts of this movie that, I mean, I say this all the time, but there are lots of parts of this movie that make me want to rate it a little higher, Yeah. but at the end of the day, when I was done watching the movie, I just was kind of like, I just don't feel like that all came together. The end, yeah. this is one movie, though, that's really the opposite of everything we say about movies all the time. Um, and we've already gone on for a long time and we're going to go on for more because we yeah. said it, uh, the show's 90 minutes now. We're getting close to like our first hour. Right. <laughs> and, we're and, just, we're just, and we're just, we're just starting to talk film. about this, but the golden globes deserved it. So, um, that's what I'm going to throw. Um, this, this is very weird. If, uh, you listen to us a lot, because what we always say is that we like it a lot and then the ending crashes and kills right. it. Right. And this, I was very middle of the road in this movie for a long time. And I thought when you get to like the last half hour, it actually kind of gets better and better. I liked it more and more. Yeah. And, and it was this, uh, it was like being on a roller coaster where it, just go you're going up the hill for like ever all the time yeah. <laughs> and and then you finally get to some and then you're, you're going and it was pretty cool yeah it was such a a weirdly slow ride and what was weird about it too for me anyway going through the first part of this movie is that it was trying so hard not to exactly be about anything 
that you weren't sure why you were watching it or yeah. what was supposed to be interesting about it or what you were paying attention to. And it just was like life in general. But, you know, like early on in the movie, they spent so much time on mom. Yeah. And how odd she is. Right. And you're going, well, so is this is going to be the story? Is that is that what we're doing here? Right. And it was uh, I mean, they and they just kept going back to it. And it was like when you you knew how stack of VCR tapes right. and the fact that she won't get out of bed and that she will even like come up with odder instructions of right. what how we could do things such that they won't have to get out of bed and stuff. Right. Yeah. Just when you thought we'd like reached our full potential there, we would do some more of it. Yeah. And or we would like look at someone else would come in so we could look at it from a different angle yeah. or you know and whatever. For a while for a while it almost I knew some of the story. And the trailers are are strangely misleading uh, for a number of different reasons. But I actually thought that, uh, you know, you got Virginia Madsen as her mother, Robert De Niro, her dad, uh, you, you know, then you have Jennifer Lawrence. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, this is mostly the heart of the film. Her dad just got dropped off by his newest to be ex-wife. Right. And says, you can have him back. I, you know, I'm sick of him. And they, they immediately get into this weird dysfunctional family thing. And I'm like, that, that's David O. Russell. This is right. it. Because he's got uh, he's got a because he he, wa- he walks into the room and right. it, it's Just not a minute before right. stuff's, stuff's breaking. breaking yeah right and they're they're basically at each other's and, and you're just and like apologizing okay. to kids and kids are like oh you broke the stuff grandpa you <laughs> yeah know, I was like yeah grandpa's sorry you know and I thought this would be the heart of the film not at all it's the heart of the film for two seconds and then it right. moves on but that's kind of like David O Russell's uh you know sweet spot that's his wheelhouse which is to take like these really bizarre yet believable dysfunctional characters and throw them into a melting pot and kind of just stir it a bit and then stand right. back and film it and, and, and let them fight. And it's very right. similar to um, the feeling I think of like the first part of the film is very similar to, uh, you know, when Jennifer Lawrence like loses it in the kitchen in American right. hustle and stuff, yeah. it's that kind of thing. That it's like, thing. just take them and put them in something where, right. you know, I think he's, he's got some fascination with the fact that movies refuse to pay attention to the fact that uh, like couples fight right or like yeah like couples that the only thing that happens in movies is like someone will talk about how they had a fight yesterday right or something and so that's why we're mad at each other now but and so he's like oh yeah well then i'm gonna show you so he just has people throw stuff all the time it's weird I, i think this is a little bit above average but i think it it comes apart all over the place and i think that me giving it a six is mostly because of David O. Russell. And he's a guy that I really like. I, I've liked the majority of his films, uh, the ones that I've seen. And I like the string of stuff that he's on lately. I actually like very much when he works with Robert De Niro, Jennifer right. Lawrence, and Bradley Cooper. This one, if I, if I tried to tell somebody truly what the plot is, and I just said, it's, it's basically a history of how this really strange mop got made. And then the end of the film is really about patent law. Like, I don't know who the hell I could convince to go see right. this. And, and, and which, which, is, which is why the trailers are the way they, they are. are. And it's weird. The, the trailers are actually, this is something that is now why I feel so good putting the blame atop O'Russell's head is, uh, you know, this stuff in the trailers, at least the first trailer that I remember seeing, I never saw in the movie. No, and He is right. famous for redoing scenes the day of or the night before and rewriting everything. Right. And, and as... As a control freak, which I'm labeling him, and I don't know that he necessarily is, but he's the guy that writes and directs and is in charge of most of his stuff lately. 
and it's been really great lately. For me, this is a perfect example. You can hoist up and say, this is what happens when you have all the perfect ingredients and it still comes out flat. Right. Because by the time we get to the end, I'm, I'm not exhausted and I'm not bored and I'm not removed or indifferent. I just am kind of like, what am I, what am I seeing? Right. And, and that nails the end so well in a scene that should have been peppered throughout the film a little more. And there are, there are moments when Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper first start seeing each other and you get a sense of the same feeling at the end hits is, is like the same scene when she goes back to Bradley Cooper after a failed attempt to push her product on the air. And they have this moment where they're at each other kind of back and forth. And he's like, I tried, no one wants it. You know, it's not going to do it. And, and she convinces him to let him go on, even though he's, sure that only tv stars can do it and she says who convinced you when you were sure it wasn't going to work who showed you that this could be right. effective? like that scene has teeth and and spirit and they're both doing their their you know they're both doing their job and not overextending what's supposed to be uh translating in the moment and, and i wish more of the film had been like that. right but for me a lot of it it was it was the cardinal rule which is you know you show you don't tell and in this film there was a lot of telling and just a little bit of showing. And for me, the six is, even though the characters are really weird and they're kind of not always, though they're always in the same scene, I don't think they're always in the same movie. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, it actually, it almost feels like tr truly David O. Russell watched like the Royal Tenenbaums and decided to film his own version. Like the characters are so weird and I have trouble believing that anyone would let them stay in their life if they were really like this, <laughs> right. you know, but, for the sake of two hours, we're going to do it. And it, it just is, it, I, I guess the strength of the six for me is that every single performance, whether it's Robert De Niro, who plays a guy you hope is never in your house, you know, or let alone your, your father, right. Cause he's always on the bandwagon against you. Like hilariously. So in, in many ways, but his performance is great. Bradley Cooper, very, very little in the film, but he's very strong. Jennifer Lawrence is so interesting to watch. Because I feel like if she stays in the game long, we're seeing somebody who's going to be like the new Meryl Streep. Like she just doesn't seem to be able to miss a role if she really wants to. Right. Like she's nailing all these things. Right. And, and she's and, great. In and not, not only that, she's I think she's really good. She's the best thing in the movie. But Absolutely. If it wasn't her, you wouldn't finish this movie. Absolutely not. If it wasn't, uh, if it was Gwyneth Paltrow, if, if it wasn't film, her, or at least somebody somebody doing yeah. uh, as good as she can do. Right. But if she was not nailing this uh, the way she does, you'd never make it to the end of this movie. And care. almost yeah. by design, it seems like because the know, first weird, the yeah. first part of the movie, it seems like it's trying to be so boring. It's yeah. trying to go look, this is all very mundane. Mm -hmm. That's like the world we're in. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're boring everyday problem. Yeah. And it's, it's weird that it says, but, but look, you like her. Let's right. watch Let's her, watch her and right. find out what right. happens or whatever. Right. Which is why I said, like when you, once you get to more of the end and stuff's happening, it's like, man, I wish I was watching that movie the whole time. Agreed. At least. And then like when you get to the, get to the very end, uh, a lot of stuff that happens, you know, like the last 10 minutes, and we say this uh, pretty frequently Often. too, but the last 10 minutes should really just hit you a lot harder. And it yeah. can't right. because That's it's the at the right. end of this movie because it's, it didn't have, you know, it's like the, 
just telling the punchline to a joke or something, well, it's right? It's like, like it has no yeah. no buildup for you to get to the emotional place you're supposed to get to to right. be able to have that. And it could have and certainly. And I and again, I'm blaming you know Russell's. I don't know. I guess his schedule or his writing or, or whatever. It, it almost felt like it almost was the first draft of something that just needed to be edited better right. too. Because I think. I think there's an interesting story there, you know, and in some ways it also reminded me very much of Tim Burton's last film that we, that we split on and I'm blanking on the name big eyes. Oh, right. You know, it has that kind of feel, which is, I didn't know the story of the super mop. You know, I, 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 right. I mean, I looked it up, I could find all this stuff out legally aware of it. I know a little bit about the history of like the QVC stuff, but the whole running the gamut of what's really happening to her, if that's really what happened, then it's kind of boring. Right. And all you're doing is subsiding on the strength of the performances, which is sometimes okay. But like you just said, if, if there had been more weight to what had happened to her by the time she gets to, you know, 20 minutes outside the film and she realizes the decisions are now absolutely horrible. Every one of them, there's no good way to get out of her situation. But we understand she's kind of creative and a go-getter and, a, you know, you don't push her too much because she can come back at you. It just didn't have any playoff right. or any punch, like you said, when I finally see it. And yet at that moment, I'm watching that scene in the hotel and I'm like, yeah, all right, good. And then all it does made me feel kind of wistful that I didn't have at least 30 more minutes of that somewhere else. Right. And, and you know, we should this say, too, because, you know, you mentioned the trailer. Uh, and this is really, and we do this sometimes to tell you if the trailers are any good or give you the right, movie. Right. This one does, but the trailers for this movie are are actually really weird. They're after strange. after you see after you see right. the film, you yeah. watch the trailer, go into this movie, and go, okay, this is what I'm going for. Yeah. It's not only that; it's not just that you don't get that movie. It's that it's really odd. It's the trailers for this movie yeah. will make you think that at a certain point she becomes like a mob boss. I know. And I know. and all of a sudden the last half of the movie is going to be like her whacking people. I mean, like <laughs> right. she's it is strange. And and then you watch the movie and you go, Wait, wait, wait what? what? Right. And maybe like, that was the movie that he was starting with. Too. Maybe at one point that there's what a was lot of happen. weird things. Like it's weird. A, she has a son and he's in the movie a couple moments. And then later, she's always carrying her daughter around, and I'm always looking for this kid because I know she's got a second one. Right. And they don't even dismiss that disappearance with like, ah, oh, he's with grandma. They right. just don't ever talk about him again. Right. This right. is one of those strange films. He's, he's like, uh, he's like uh, 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 Richie's older brother. Right. In happy days. For a and he's gone. There's there's a weird moment that goes on with this film where I keep thinking you you must have seen these things I don't know what they're officially called but you see like The Shining the trailer redone as a romantic comedy right right this could be done as a horror film right because there's all these weird things like she's digging up the floorboards she's got that spooky scene where she's cutting her own hair like her parents are really straight like there's a lot of really spooky stuff if you cut it right right I don't know I I I actually found this to be pretty disappointing because I have liked the last. Like you and you perfectly said it. Every Christmas he got a new one, and I really love American Hustle and Silver Linings Playbook and just this role that he's on. This this was pretty flat. Yeah, but you, you know the thing you for know. me too is that uh, this this could be a weird thing. I'm uh, interested to see what he does next because uh, yeah. we both love Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, I think we both really liked American Hustle, although maybe not as much. I didn't like it as. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as Silver Linings Playbook, right. but I liked it, and it was, God, it was just so fun. Yeah, it was right. uh, watching that movie was like you're just sitting there and having a good time. Yeah, 
And both of those movies really, by the time you get done with this movie, feel like they were by somebody else. Yeah, they were. They do. They're really just opposite theories of what's going on. And like Silver Linings Playbook, if you take that movie, like the problem with this movie is that it it really kind of is boring in a way yeah right and but a lot of the time it's like it's trying to be it's like that's what it's yeah. trying to say is like look at this fairly boring situation right and how fun can you make that right, right. Uh, otherwise that's not sure. what you're saying anymore right. right and silver linings playbook is really kind of the same thing it's boring it's yeah. a boring idea it's it, there's you know we're not having high-speed chases it's, right it's, uh, you know, the most interesting thing that happens and the thing that most often happens in that movie is just like people talking. Right. It's just sitting around talking. Yeah. Or standing in the dance studio talking yeah. or whatever. But it's it, it's a fairly boring thing. If you explain it to somebody and tell them all of what it's about, you yeah. know, they're going to go, uh, OK. Right. right. And yet that movie is like, you can't look away. Yeah. It's, it like sucks you in to like every moment. Right. And all of the people uh, in it and Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper, especially in that movie are, are giving you like, even when it's not a very emotional scene or they're just talking, they're like, they're so real and, and so uh, able to just suck you into what's going on. And they're just weird enough. Because right. they're weird too, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a movie about yeah. weird people too. Yeah. They're just weird enough that you're really interested to see what they're going to do well, with that weirdness. Yeah. And this one, you're just you're just kind of going, they're all weird. In the <laughs> book, at least, and even in some way, into a different way, American Hustle, I found myself kind of rooting for people, like because I, even though they are flawed and they are horribly dysfunctional at times, and sometimes and the wrong so, people. Right, exactly. But in, in in this movie, I felt like I'm I'm supposed to root for Joy because it's Jennifer Lawrence. Right. And I know she's because you know, the name of the movie is Joy. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so but I, I'm always going to root. Right. You know, I I just want to see her pick up a bow and settling things with the family and do these things. But but though there are eccentricities here, it, it just doesn't feel the same as when I'm watching someone who's taking eccent. You know, the eccentricities of a weird group of people like in a Wes Anderson film. Like I get what that's probably going to do throughout, right? And it and it's, you know, it's it's fine. But this just didn't have that feeling. It just no. didn't have any of that feeling. And I wonder, like, what, like, because your analysis of Silver Linings Playbook is kind of right. You just get people talking. Like, there's some dancing, but really, it's just. But there's nothing in this film, even the end, which I did like. Um, there's nothing in this movie that compares to the scene where in Silver Linings Playbook, you know, all the three main characters are still in this room fighting about, you know, the football game. Right. And when he right. goes, when he goes and his, his motto is Excelsior, you know, all these things that is so supercharged because everything is on fire and everything's working great. The characters are believable and interesting. And in this film, I'm just, it's not because it's about a mop. It's just kind of like it treats it as if it's just about a mop. And right. you get what you get when you do that. Right. I, I almost think that's why I'm, you know, I think we're just going to wrap up yeah. uh, pretty soon. Um, I, I also think that, um, I, I'm really interested now, like I said, to see his next movie because I'm, this movie makes me wonder where he's going. Right. Exactly. Because I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, the next movie I get is, is going to be like when I went into this, right. I thought, uh, okay, that looks okay. Right. You know, a bunch of clips of it. And I'm like, 
but you know what? It's David O. Russell, so I'm gonna sure him and his ensemble. I'm, I'm in. Gonna I don't say, care what it is. Right, exactly. You could invent the Brillo pad. I'm still gonna. Go and see now all of a sudden, I'm like, um, now I'm a little hesitant. Well, right. but is he is right. he on like a path or and and then I'm not gonna. Like and if it. the next one is great, then you're just like, well, he tried something with this one and it didn't work. Or right. if the next one's bad, you're like. Uh oh. Or is Down the bell. Or, like, or is, he, is, going, is like, he just uh getting too changing. much in his own right. head and, right. and now a, now everything he does is good. Right. And, and he's a know, guy whatever. that certainly does potentially suffer from that ailment. Right. You know. So anyway. Um yeah, I think we'll just uh save Yeah, everything save else. Save for next week. And next week is uh what we're probably gonna do. We're gonna go see something. Something right. comes out next week, uh that's at least Man, marginally worth seeing, I yeah. think. And uh, in a couple weeks, we start having some good stuff. But when the really good stuff uh, hits, I won't be here. But right. the, I know there's something to see. But then next week, I think we'll just try and, like, quickly wrap up every movie that we didn't cover. Right. <laughs> hey, Dirty Grandpa's next for week. For the year. How oh, yeah. Hooray for that. Uh, Fifth Wave, The Boy, Dirty Grandpa, and Exposed. Oh, uh, well, maybe we're we'll. Gonna, we're not going to expose. But... No, maybe we'll do The Fifth Wave. I yeah. Don't know. That's, that'll right. be the kind of big. That'll be. Uh, Young adult, whatever. Something. I don't yeah. Know. That I, you know, I've heard that that's actually a good book. I don't know that the that, book I've heard. Yeah, I, I, I don't know it. that that means it's going to translate. Right. I've heard the book is actually really fun. Right. And, uh, and but we'll also we have a bunch of stuff. Anyway, we'll get to Carol. We'll do all the other things that we're lagging. Right. We'll we'll want, get through so. everything that's been nominated, and we'll uh, yeah be talking about the Critics' Choice Awards. I'm sure. Uh, and we could go watch the Revenant. And again, again, your boy Leo. Again. Yeah tune into the critics choice awards. Right. But uh, I think we'll save the big short and do that next week. We've yeah. babbled on long enough today. And uh, some people, I have to not forget to mention this Some people have written in because at some point we mentioned uh, being on Periscope and doing the show on Periscope. Right. And I'm not sure if we'll get to that next week, but I think we will start doing that soon. So we will have the camera up and the periscope and it's not in the meantime, send in your sketches of what you think we look like. Exactly. And, and that would be, uh, we'll that have would be a really prize. Uh, yeah. I wish we had. I wish we had the quick Adobe, you know, After Effects kind of ability to put my voice in your head and your voice in mine, so people are like, "That doesn't look like anything." I That's thought, completely you know? wrong. So anyway, all right. Anyway, we'll uh, be back next week, and we'll let you know which of the rest of the movies that are nominated for stuff <laughs> yeah. you should be seeing. Right. And uh, other than that, I think I think probably we will do the fifth wave. So. Sure. Um, okay. And then we will. Uh, we have been to the cover the critics. So, yeah. uh, thanks, cool. thanks for tuning in, and uh, please, please share and subscribe, rate us on iTunes, all that other good stuff. And Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.